Hi, I'm Samantha. Hi, I'm Sarah. And, and we, we are, are the, the Doom, Doom Crew. Damn you! Hey nerds, this week I'll be talking about a kidnapping survival story. And I will be talking about a deranged father. Um, major trigger warnings this week. Um, we are going to cover a variety of topics. I think we've covered everything when we list out the following triggers. Sexual assault of a minor, incest, infant death slash loss, and miscarriage. So it's going to be a rough one. Hope you're ready. Okay. Um, as always, our sources are in our show notes. Okay. On September 9th, 1996, 16-year-old Sophia Silva disappeared from her front porch in Spotsylvania County, Virginia. She was a junior in high school and wanted to go to a cosmetology school when she graduated. She loved the color purple. Her body was found five weeks after her disappearance in King George County Creek. On May 1st, 1997, sisters Kristen and Katie Lisk were abducted from their front yard after school. They were 15 and 12. Kristen was a freshman in high school who played soccer and had an affinity for ladybugs. Katie was in middle school. She played the clarinet and wanted to be a cartoonist one day. The sisters were sexually assaulted and later strangled to death. Both of their bodies were dumped in the South Anna River, and they were found five days later. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The FBI oh. believes that their killer drowned them at home in the bathtub before taking them to the bodies of water that they were later found in. And we'll touch more on that later. Okay. On June 24th, 2002... 15-year-old Kara Robinson Chamberlain was abducted while watering flowers in her friend's yard in Columbia, South Carolina. They were supposed to be headed to the lake later that day, and her friend had to, like, run up and shower. And she was like, hey, my mom wanted me to water the flowers. And Kara was like, I'll do that while you shower. And so Kara was outside by herself at her friend's house. Okay. So a green Pontiac Firebird pulled up. And a man inside asked if she wanted to look at any magazines because he was selling them. And as she, like, approached the car, he pulled out a gun and at gunpoint made her get into a plastic tote in his car. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. She was taken back to the man's apartment. His wife and mother were away. They were at Disney World. Like, how opposite of an experience are they having compared to this poor girl who was fucking kidnapped at gunpoint? I just don't even understand. I don't understand. I just, <sighs> you have to keep going. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So he told her that he was going to let her go on Thursday, which I guess they were there for a week, and this was like a week later. He was basically saying, like, I'm going to keep you for a while, and then I'm going to let you go. Like, no, he wasn't going to let her go. He was going to kill her, probably. Sounds Yeah. So, here comes, like, the bad shit that he made her do. So, like, buckle up. So, he forced Kara to take a bath, and he shaved her. He forced her to watch porn and describe what was happening. Yeah. He repeatedly raped her 
Um, he forced her to smoke cannabis and he tied her to his bed. Um, he forced her to watch the evening news to see if there was anything on there about her being missing yet. That's some deranged shit. Kara was really fucking smart, though. Kara placated the kidnapper. She went along with his demands. She knew that she had to if she was going to get out of this alive. The entire time she was in his apartment, she was memorizing details. So she memorized the serial number inside of the plastic tub that he kept her in. She memorized, like, the right and left turns that he had taken from her friend's house. Like, she at least knew how many there had been. That's genius. She noted, like, caged birds and a guinea pig in his living room. So she was like, okay, this person has animals. They have this many. And she memorized the name of a dentist who was posted on the fridge. Smart. Mm-hmm. She was really fucking smart. So she was held captive for a total of 18 hours. And after he went to sleep, like she heard him snoring and he had handcuffs that he had like reinforced with a D ring that like went around and then had that little, it's like where that little screw part like floats in between. She loosened that with her like mouth and tongue. She got herself free from that fucking D-ring by using her mouth to get it open. Badass. Yeah. And then, like, silently got herself out without waking him up, got her arms free. Then she untied her fucking feet. She said it was, like, a hoarder situation. Like, there were paths through. that. That's all she could take. And she said that, like, luck was on her side because she was able to get out the front door. And she said once the door was open, she just burst through and ran. Just fucking bolted. So um, she got free, found two men in a parking lot that said she was, like, alert. She was like, I have these details. I have to tell someone. Like, I am fucking ready to take this guy down. So using the clues that she was able to gather and the information she was able to provide to the police, they pretty quickly were able to start like tracking him down, like where that apartment was and um, start to figure out where he's gone. Because obviously he woke up like the door slammed when she ran out. So like he knew immediately she was fucking gone. Right. Yeah. So. You'd think someone's like, oh my God, someone I kidnapped just escaped. I got to fucking book it, right? No, he stayed there. He had some errands to run, Sarah. He was a busy man. Despite knowing that the police would soon be on his tail, he took time to gather up things around the apartment that would implicate him and took them with him. So he took the tote that she had been in. He took a twenty-five caliber pistol with pearl grips Cannabis, pipes, Kara's clothing. He had a locked, like, footlocker thing at the end of his bed that, like, his wife, who was 19, by the way. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, like, not allowed into, and he took that. He also grabbed VHS tapes of content that he wouldn't display with the rest of his porn collection. So, like, shit so, so like- depraved. That he wouldn't display it with the rest of his porn collection, which was apparently extensive. Took the FBI two entire weeks to go through his full collection to review for other victims. 
Yeah. Huh. Wow. Okay. So after he grabbed that from the house, he, like I said, he had errands to run. So he went to Walmart. Uh, what do you think he bought at Walmart? Garbage bags. Mm-mm. A new tote. Nope. <laughs> he bought a combo TV VCR. He took all those tapes. What's he going to watch it on? This man's thinking, right? Oh, my God. He's a psycho. Okay. He's, he's an okay. absolute psycho. Okay. Correct. So he bought the TV VCR combo with his employer's credit card. Genius. Yep. Cleared out a bank account. Couldn't use that money for the TV VCR. And he also filled a prescription for more Viagra. Oh. Yep. Oh, my God. How old was he? I'm sorry. Did you say? I did not. We're going to get to him. But okay. at this time, he was 38. Okay. And his, girlfriend, his wife was 19. Okay. Just go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No. Very valid questions. So he was tracked by police to Sarasota, Florida. As police surrounded him, he took his own life. Pussy ass bitch. Yeah. We're going to talk more about Kara at the end because she is a remarkable woman. And she's the reason I found this story in the first place. Um, when I was looking up stories this week, because I have more to tell you about him and his background. But when I was looking for stories this week, um, my friend, she had said, I really want to hear like a survival story, like a, someone who was kidnapped and escaped. And I was like, that is super fucking interesting. Like someone who's been kidnapped and escaped their experience. Like, I'll look into that. So I found this. What I didn't know is that I had also found a serial killer. So this guy who had kidnapped her Obviously, the way I've presented the story to you, he was tied to the three murders that I've already talked about, and there's more to it behind the scenes. But um, yeah, I can't wait to get re back to Kara's story because she has truly like overcome, and she's out there like spreading positivity and awareness. And so I really want to talk about her, but inevitably, I have to talk a little bit about the awful man Monster. who is responsible for this. Yeah. Richard Ivanitz was born in the summer of 1963 to parents Joseph and Tess Reagan Ivanitz. He later told family members uh, that when he was six, his father tried to drown him in the bathtub. His father remembers it differently, but does admit that the incident stuck in Richard's head. Um, essentially what happened is that Richard... So he was six. He was, the way I was picturing it in my head, like lying down, he was whining and crying in the bathtub because water was dripping into his eyes. And his father got angry and poured a giant cup of water on him. And so it felt like he was drowning and he was flailing to like breathe. So his dad kind of waterboarded him. Yeah. Yep. Essentially his dad waterboarded him. And, um, the FBI did later say that this may have been his motivation for like forcing the victims to bathe before he did other things to them. And additionally, like I said, they think that the first three victims drowned in the bathtub, in bathtub. at home before being taken to bodies of water. Yeah. Oh. Really fucking horrible. So, for Richard, after graduating high school at the age of 16 in 1980, 
He was briefly the manager of a Jiffy Lube before joining the Navy. He served as a sonar technician and received a good conduct medal before being honorably discharged after eight years. Of course. I read in one source that he won that good conduct medal twice. I'm about to tell you some sketchy shit about uh, why I'm really questioning why he earned it once, but that's fine. So while he was in the Navy... In January of 1987, he exposed himself and masturbated in front of a 15-year-old girl and her 3-year-old little sister. my God. Yep, this happened in Orange Park, Florida. He was arrested a month later when his ship returned to port. So, like, they had the information they needed, but his ship had gone back out to sea. So they just had to wait. So he pled no contest, and he was sentenced to three years probation. That was in 1987. Yeah, like, this happened while he was in the Navy, and it says he got the Good Conduct Medal before being honorably discharged in 19... Or, I'm sorry, it said after eight years. So that's why I'm saying 1980 to 88. Like, he received this medal shortly before being discharged, like... Did he get the award and then, I don't know, there wasn't a timeline on when the award was whatever, but I find it kind of ridiculous that someone got one of those awards and also was put on three years probation and then honorably discharged, but I don't make the laws. You don't matter. Yeah. He was also ordered to undergo sexual counseling, but did not have to register as a sex offender because that law didn't go into place until October 1st of 1993. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh Uh-huh. Me neither. He admitted to the Clay County Sheriff's Department that he, quote, had a problem with masturbating in front of girls, unquote. And said when he feels the urge, he drives around looking for an 18 to 19-year-old girl who is short with brown hair. Oh, that's specific. Sure is. Did Kara have brown hair? I do not actually know what she looked like at the time of her kidnapping. Um, The other three girls were said to have brown hair. After the Navy, he worked at businesses that sold compressors and grinding equipment. He filed for bankruptcy in 1997, shortly after his first, well, only, divorce, and his house was foreclosed on in 1999 following a failed business venture. Mm. He was married twice, as I mentioned. The first um, marriage ended in divorce. That was from 1988 to 1996. He was married to Bonnie Lou Gower. And then his 19-year-old wife at the time of his death in 2002 was Hope Marie Crowley, and they got married in 1999. Okay. As Richard was fleeing South Carolina, like when he knew, like after Kara escaped, when he was fleeing, um, he drove toward Florida and he began making phone calls to his relatives. And apparently he was leaving cryptic confessions So he said that he had killed someone. He also said he'd committed, quote unquote, more crimes than he could remember. Oh, fuck. He mentioned few details about the killing that he referenced, but it's enough to determine that it was not, he was not referencing those three girls I talked about earlier, but there is DNA that ties him to those three. 
well, fuck, so there are others out there that they don't can't yeah. have it connected to him. Yes. That's, that's the thought process. So he told his sister he'd done an armed robbery and murder in Florida in 1986. Authorities have not been able to link him to anything there. Hang on one second. Yeah. So if they got married in 1999 and he killed himself in 2002 when she was 19. 16. 16 years old when they got married. I guess. It says they got married in 99 and one of the articles referenced his 19-year-old wife at home. Living at home with his mommy. Oh, so apparently his mother did live separately, but I know it sounded like that, but his mother and wife were just on that trip. Okay. I, yeah, I know, but I later saw that his mother did live separately. Okay, they were just on a trip together. Yes, they were in like a one-bedroom apartment, so his mom did not live there, but she lived close. So based on him leaving these messages on like family members' voicemails or whatever... Um, talking to them when his family was like talking to police they police basically said we're gonna look into the past 10 to 15 years of his life and try to see what he might have been involved in because it sounds like we might have a big problem on our hands here um they have been able to determine that he frequently took work trips with other co-workers to check air compression systems at customers plants on the trips, workers generally arrived to, like, their location early in the evening. They would rent vehicles and then drive to a local motel to check in. After they would check in, they would meet in the lobby and go to dinner. Um, but Richard never joined them. Like, he would just say, I'll see you in the morning. That's because he was out murdering bitches. No one has been able to figure out how he spent his evenings on these trips. The FBI has identified 21 states that he has either lived in or traveled to for work, but he has not been officially connected to any crimes in any of those states. And this is scary as fuck because this reminds me of Israel Keys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The guy who would bury kill kits. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. In, like, roughly the same time frame, there's, like, online forums and stuff. Like, I remember, I believe Israel Keys was talking about, like, there's more of us out there than you think or whatever. Like, alluding to them having some sort of, like, way to communicate as a community. Which is super possible. I mean, there's plenty of shit we don't know is out there on the internet. That's good. I don't know. It just, no, I know. It it just reminds me of Israel Keys for sure. Yeah, he traveled and murdered women along the way and yep. liked his little kill kits on the side of the road, buried. Uh-huh, yeah. So I said I wanted to go back and talk about Kara and how she has been able to overcome. And um, so she did a an interview with BuzzFeed News. So in that article, uh, I'm going to just kind of quote from there because I feel like it was, I really felt like if I was taking notes on this, I was going to write word for word, these quotes anyway. So I'm just going to read to you from that article at this time. So after her ordeal, Chamberlain not only survived, but thrived. In the summer of 2003, she began working with the Richland County Sheriff's Department in victim services and in the DNA lab through the end of high school and college. And after her graduation, she decided to go to the police academy to become a school resource officer. During her career, Chamberlain investigated sexual assault and child abuse cases and went back into victim services. 
After leaving law enforcement to stay at home with her two young sons, Chamberlain decided she wanted to pursue a career in motivational speaking to share her stories and inspire others. Chamberlain told BuzzFeed News that her experiences were empowering and said that it's inspired her to continue to share her story. This helped me realize how much power we as women can have when we speak our truths and we share and we empower people. Chamberlain is working on a documentary to share her story, but also has been working to get her speaking career off the ground. Many of the speeches she gave to law enforcement were not taped, so she didn't have a lot of material to show what she could do. She decided to see if she could build a following on social media, and that's when she started her TikTok. So, Kara Robinson Chamberlain is on TikTok. She talks about her story. She talks about when she was in the police academy, and they she was in a lecture hall one day, and they started talking about her case. Oh, fuck. Yeah, and, like, people started, she said a couple of her classmates started, like, looking around and being like, Kara, is this, is this you, Kara? And, like, afterwards she went up and talked to the professor and was like, hey, so that, that case is actually about me. And she said it was just, like, so bizarre to be sitting in class and all of a sudden you're hearing your story. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That would be like, oh shit, moment. Like, yeah. Oh I, God, no, thank you. I don't want to be here. She goes over on her TikTok ways to like break out of restraints if you're placed into them. She talks a lot about safety, empowerment. Okay, so her name on TikTok is Kara Robinson Chamberlain. It will be spelled in our show notes for you. What are the chances that like someone is kidnapped and escapes from a serial killer? Hi, nerds. It's Samantha. So, as you can probably tell at this point in the episode, we had some issues with Sarah's microphone. It was backwards. So, I just want to give you a forewarning that we did not re-record the case because it is such a rough one. But for this next section with Sarah's story, you may want to turn up your volume so that you ensure you hear all of the fucking horrible details. Best of luck to you. Okay. So, are you... I'm not ready because you've told me minor pieces about this, and I'm already, like... (sighs) I'm just going to be, like, breathing through it. This is one of the most horrific cases I've ever heard. Yeah. And in turn researched. As we stated last week, and as Samantha was able to do, our priority is the victims. But in this case, I feel like you need to know more about the monster himself, as his actions are extremely intertwined with the victim. Yeah, and I think you guys will see by the end of this, like, why there's not more about, like, the The victim victim. afterward. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, but it's not much. I'll explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll make sense. So... I'm going to start with the demon. His name is Joseph Fritzel. He was born on April 9th, 1935 in Laura, Austria. His parents were Joseph Fritzel Sr. and Maria. Joseph Sr. was sent to war. He was captured as a prisoner of war in a Soviet gulag until 1948. When he returned, Sr. was considered a shameful coward for having been captured and shunned by his wife and son. Oh, my... A prisoner of war. Yes. Considered a coward. 
Yep. After. Okay. There was a, obviously a bitter divorce and, um, Joseph Jr. was left in the custody of his mother, Maria. Maria was not the sanest of individuals. She would leave Joseph alone for long periods of time. At age 10, Joseph ended up in an orphanage and was told his mother had passed. That was actually not the case. What? She was, in fact, arrested for her anger and throwing almost basically a tantrum. She was arrested by the Third Reich and sent to a concentration camp. Oh, my God. She was freed by the Allies and went to get custody of Joseph. Maria was extremely abusive, especially after the concentration camp. Oh, my God. Joseph claims she used to hit and kick him until he was lying bloody on the floor. At age 15, Joseph began standing up for himself to his mother. But at this point, he also started having sexually deviant thoughts. Oh. He began listening to couples having sex. He started exposing himself to women and getting violent with prostitutes. Oh, my in 1967, 12 years after he married a 17-year-old named Rosemary Breyer, Joseph was arrested for attacking a woman and raping her at knife point while her infant daughter slept in a cot next to her. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, he was only sent to prison for 18 months. Oh, my God. Why? Then he was released, and 10 years after that, he was able to have it removed from his record. Oh my god, no, yes. no, yep. no, oh my god, oh my god, okay, keep telling me this story. So he left prison and moved his family to a different town to start over. Mm-hmm. When Rosemary and Joseph purchased their home together, he moved his mother into the home. Right after moving his mother into the home, Joseph imprisoned her in their attic where he bricked off the windows, forcing her into isolation until she died in 1980. What? Yep. He's a fucking deranged piece of shit. Like, he, I'm sorry, but... He bricked in the windows on his mom? So that she could have no sunlight. So it was... Or call for help? Or do anything. It was... He said he was flipping it around. It was from son being frightened of mother to mother being frightened of son. He's deranged. So... Okay. While he did these heinous acts against his mother, mm-hmm. he and his wife lived a relatively normal life downstairs on the main level. Joseph worked as an engineer, and Rosemary stayed at home with their children. They had seven kids. Wow. I know, that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Their fourth child was a daughter they named Elizabeth. She was born on April 6, 1966. Oh, almost his birthday. Elizabeth had an awful relationship with her father. Over the years, Joseph started becoming more and more controlling of his family, and Elizabeth in particular. Elizabeth looked a lot like her grandmother. Joseph's oh, mother. Oh, fuck. Dude, that's not her fault. That's genetics. Yep. Do a punnet square. It's going to start now. <laughs> Just prepare. Okay. Get ready. Buckle up again. Start- if you took your seatbelts off, it was a mistake. Yeah. Starting at age 11, Joseph started sexually harassing his daughter. It started with spying on her while she changed or took showers, leaving pornographic images under her pillow and exposing himself to her. Mm. At age 15, she completed her compulsory education, which is just the required schooling. She started training to be a waitress, and Joseph hated any independence for Elizabeth. In January of 1983, she ran away from home and hid with a friend from work for three weeks before the police found her and took her back to her parents. Oh, no. Because she was 17, she was still technically a minor in their ward. Joseph said she would never leave him again. 
on my April. god yeah and this is when horror begins yeah on april 28th 1984 elizabeth was 18 years old and her father lured her into the family basement by stating he needed assistance with the door while elizabeth held the door in place joseph fitted it into the frame he continued to have her hold it even after it was secured he then held an ether-soaked towel on her face until she was unconscious and threw her into the basement he had converted into a prison. Oh my god. The door he made her assist with was the final piece for his homemade prison to be complete. Oh my god. How fucking twisted. I know. This, I hate it just people. doesn't get better. Yeah, um, no, it sure doesn't. The place where she was confined consisted of a bed, a toilet, and a tiny TV. After her disappearance, Rosemarie, her mother, filed a missing persons report. About a month later, Joseph forced Elizabeth to write a letter stating she ran away to live with her friend and she didn't want her family looking for her. Oh my God. Her poor mother. He drove hundreds of miles away and mailed the letter so it would be postmarked out of town. He tried to convince police that he believed his daughter had joined a satanic cult. He was trying to encourage them, of course, to stop looking for Elizabeth. Yeah. Almost immediately after imprisoning her, he started raping his daughter. The length of time this abuse went on is horrifying. For 24 years, he kept his daughter imprisoned in a basement. Elizabeth was raped daily, if not multiple times a day. With the rapes occurring so often, she fell pregnant eight times. Oh my God. Her first pregnancy ended with a miscarriage. Oh. Her second pregnancy, she gave birth to a little girl named Kirsten in 1988. To prepare Elizabeth for her basement births, Joseph provided her with a pair of scissors, a rag, a few wet wipes, and a book from the 60s about childbirth. Oh my God. She was forced to have these children alone in a dark basement every single time. Oh my fucking God. And while she hated bringing children into into this life... It was her only chance to not be alone. Oh my God. That's, oh my God, that's dark. Yeah. It was for five years she was abandoned by herself, only given any company when her father would come down to rape her. He didn't talk to her. He didn't pay attention to her. He came down, raped her. He fed her. That was it. He fed her and raped her. Just a horrifying life. So until five years. I like don't have words. I'm. It's horrific. I can't believe you've never heard this case. I don't think I have. I think you would have remembered. I think so. Or I burned it out. No, not sure. Do you have a soldering iron for later that I can stick up my nose and forget this forever? Her second child was a little boy named Stefan. He was born in 1990. In 1992, she had another daughter she named Lisa. Lisa had a heart defect and needed medical attention. She cried constantly due to pain. Joseph didn't want to... Yeah, what do they do about the sound of babies? Hang on, I'll go there. Oh my God, yeah, I'm just like... solution. I wasn't even thinking about, you know, the whole... The quiet place aspect of this, where, like, you can't make noise or someone else knows. Also, you want to make noise so someone else knows. Yeah, he brainwashed these children and Elizabeth into believing that there was war upstairs and that if they were to leave that he had both 
set an electric trap on the door, and a gas would be released that would instantly kill them all. Oh my god. If they tried to escape. Holy fuck. So, back to her children. Yeah. Um, so Lisa was crying a lot. Lisa was crying a lot, and even with the precautions that he had taken, he was worried his upstairs family would yeah. hear her. Yeah, that's that's my thought process here. So he took the baby, placed her in a basket, left her on the upstairs family's doorstep with a letter he forced Elizabeth to write stating that she couldn't care for her daughter. They then took Lisa, got her immediate surgery, and raised her from then on by the people she believed to be her grandparents, who were in fact one, her grandmother, and two, her father. Yeah, it was her grandpa daddy. Yeah. Oh my god. In 1994, Elizabeth gave birth again to a fourth child, another daughter she named Monica. Monica was taken upstairs as well, left in the same fashion as Lisa at the doorstep with a letter. In 1996, Elizabeth gave birth... It's like every fucking two years, 1990, 92, 94, 96. I know. And just, I mean, she was I know it's not going to stop. It just feels so bad. Oh my God. So, in 96, she gave birth to two twin boys named Michael and Alexander. Fucking twins. Michael's... Fucking twins. I'm yeah. sorry. No, oh you're okay. God. It's it's horrific. I gave you warnings, personally, outside this before Yeah, you did. You I absolutely did. did. I know what the charges are, and I'm still, like... Horrified. Yeah. So, Michael was born with a breathing problem. Joseph later stated he figured that Michael would get better on his own. Which, how is he going to get better in a damp, dark basement? I mean, I think the mold will just cover up everything, right? That fixes it. No. So, unfortunately, Michael died in his mother's arms only 66 hours after his birth. Oh. Joseph incinerated Michael's body (gasps) in the family furnace. Oh, my God. He then took Alexander upstairs to live with his sisters and be raised by his grandparents and father. In 2002, Elizabeth gave birth to her final child, Felix. He stayed downstairs with her and his siblings, Kirsten and Stefan. So when I was talking about his precautions to stop sound. Yeah. After Elizabeth's first child that survived Kirsten, he realized he needed more room for the families. So what he did, he built in two bedrooms, a bathroom, a living area, a workshop, a utility room, and a padded room he filled with foam to soundproof. Like all in the basement. All in the basement. Did his, so his wife didn't know? She never went to the base. She wasn't allowed? I don't, how did that work? Supposedly she had no idea. She was completely oblivious to the fact that her husband had another family downstairs. Downstairs. Not in another town, not I, in the, down the street, downstairs. It's hard for me to believe that she had no, no tiny suspicion of what the fuck is happening down there. I, I guess I don't understand how she just never would have gone down there at all, ever, the I, whole time. Well, he was, he was the dictator. Yeah. He was the dictator in the home. What he said went. Which, I'll explain later, is why he picked Elizabeth. Because not only did she look like his mother, who he hated, but 
she didn't always do exactly what he said. She didn't submit to him fully. So he had, he wanted to discipline her and control her. Wow. Jesus. So, uh, Elizabeth's children who remained in the basement were often forced to watch Joseph rape her. Oh, um, she did absolutely everything she could for her children to give them some semblance of normalcy. She woke them up at the same time every day. She fed them meals as a family. She taught them to read. She took care of them and sheltered them the best she could as she was living in a man-made prison. How do you... F- she did everything she could to try and help these kids. I'm just people. sitting there also thinking about, like, the upstairs people. Like, you didn't notice that, like, 40% of your food is disappearing and you don't know where it is? Joseph controlled everything. I know. God. He brought them food, water, and vitamin supplements. Yeah. I'm I'm not, I want to be clear, I'm not trying to victim shame at all. I'm literally just trying to wrap my head around the logistics of yeah. like something like this. Not at all trying to say like, no, how could they not have noticed? I'm just but literally going, well, well where family. do you think it's going? What's happening? He yeah. did, he took it all to the basement. They never saw it. He had full oh control of his family. They had no freedom. This is so crazy. Now, the upstairs family obviously had more freedom than yeah. his downstairs family. You know, they had windows. They had. They were allowed to leave. Holy uh, fuck. Yes. Sorry. Just no. absorbing. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, he did, was so gracious to allow them to celebrate Christmas and birthdays. He provided them with games, toys, a pet goldfish, and a canary. A canary? He obviously was, obviously I'm being sarcastic. I hope you picked up on that because he's scum. He would later joke that if the canary lived down there, there was obviously decent airflow and a survivable environment. That's only how it works with mines, you fucking lunatic. He's. I was going to, I was going to say, so there's a canary because down in the mines, if the canary dies, you need to leave. Yeah, but. I mean, oh my god. It's, okay. it's a fucking basement. It's not supposed to house children. Mines don't house children. No. So even with and I call them downstairs and upstairs families because yeah. that's how they are referred. Yeah. By everyone. Yeah. So I we, mean it it with all the details it helps it make sense. It's horrifying. Holy fuck. It's horrible. But it's kinda needed with how much information there is. So, even with his downstairs family taking the brunt of his anger, outsiders still describe Joseph as an angry, short-tempered man. In 2008, Elizabeth's oldest child, Kirsten, was 19 years old. She became extremely ill, deathly ill. She was sweating profusely, non-responsive, unusually pale, and exhibiting all other symptoms of kidney failure. Elizabeth told Joseph if he didn't take her to the hospital, she would kill herself. So Joseph took Kirsten to the hospital emergency room, stating he was her grandfather. She was abandoned by her mother with the way that she looking the way that she did. Yeah. He told the doctors he had no way to contact Elizabeth. The doctors were obviously concerned with her appearance. She Mm -hmm. was missing almost all of her teeth. Oh my god. She had clumps of hair missing, Mm -hmm. a severe vitamin D deficiency, and shredded clothing. Weird. Kirsten had a severe anxiety disorder, which caused her to pull her hair out and shred her clothing, which she would then shove in the toilet of the cellar. 
The police were called in to assist in searching for Elizabeth. There was a nationwide news broadcasting asking for Elizabeth's whereabouts. They needed as much information as possible about Kirsten's medical history so they could assist her because they did not know what to do. Elizabeth, Stephen, and Felix saw the broadcast on their TV. Elizabeth again told Joseph if he didn't assist her with taking care of her children, she would kill herself. So with little other choice, Joseph drove Elizabeth to the hospital to speak with doctors about Kirsten's health. Elizabeth was taken in and questioned about the appearance and health of her daughter. She was placed in handcuffs and at risk of being arrested if she didn't disclose all the information to the police. Elizabeth agreed as long as neither her nor her children ever had to see her father again. Good for her. She would then tell them everything. Good. Holy fuck. Immediately, Joseph was arrested. The police went to the family's home, rescued all of Elizabeth's cellar children, and reunited them with their mother. Oh, good. Stefan had permanent back injuries and stunted growth from having to constantly bend over in the basement. Mm. He grew to only be five foot eight, and they believed he should have been significantly taller. Wow. They all had severe anxiety disorders, had breakdowns when they heard locks on doors. Each of them was given intensive therapy. Right after being released from their prison, the three children and Elizabeth were placed in a hospital to get assistance with not only their mental health, but their physical health as well. It was reported that the youngest of the children, Felix, spent a lot of his time while at the hospital outside just sitting in the grass. He had Mm, never seen it before. Of course. With the arrest, Joseph pled not guilty to the magnitude of charges, including rape, false imprisonment, deprivation of liberty, and murder. Okay, not guilty. Sure, okay. Yep. (laughs) Prior to trial, Joseph was forced to undergo extensive psychiatry evaluations. The psychiatrist stated he was a narcissist who felt no guilt for his crimes. He thought he was doing the best thing possible by keeping Elizabeth locked away so he acted out his sexual wants on only one person instead of many. No, not, uh, not, not good. No, no. He believed Elizabeth deserved it for being a wayward teen who did not fully submit to him, as I stated before. Joseph insisted his initial aim had been to rescue his daughter. He said, ever since she started puberty, Elizabeth stopped doing what she was told. She just did not obey me me or my rules anymore. Welcome to teenagers, fuckface. He admitted to forcing Elizabeth to watch degrading and deranged pornography and then forcing her to copy it with him. (gasps) He admitted to, in his cell, that he appreciated having his upstairs family and then his perfect family downstairs, which he had complete control over. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, my God. The depravity of this man knows no bounds. No. None. No. While Joseph was on trial, Elizabeth was beyond brave and strong, and she decided to testify. Allegedly, when Joseph saw her, he immediately began crying and changed his plea from not guilty to guilty. He was sentenced to life imprisonment with the possibility of parole after 15 years. 15 years. Fuck that. Yeah. She was down there for 24. I know. His guilty plea included more than 3,000 thousand counts of rape murder and false imprisonment the murder was for michael because he refused to get him medical attention yeah and then later incinerated him in the family furnace yeah that's so fucked up yeah 
the douche canoe changed his name to Joseph Maroff. I don't know if that was like to escape the name, but we know who, it. But so we know who you are. Fuck you, you scumbag of the entire world. Where are these people from again? Austria. Okay. He's currently still alive. He has dementia and will spend his final days in a prison hospital. So Elizabeth's mother disappeared after the trial. She has no relationship with Elizabeth as her daughter cannot understand how she was oblivious to her father's second life. I feel like that's fair. Yep. Joseph, the narcissist that he is, filed for divorce from Rosemary in 2012 because she wouldn't visit him in prison. Which, weird. No shit. So after the trial, Elizabeth was given a new name. She was slowly reunited with the three children that were raised upstairs. She was able to create a loving mother relationship with them that she had never been allowed before. Yeah. All of those children believed that their mother had abandoned them. Oh. So getting that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. That and the other three children had never met their upstairs siblings. Yeah, it's not like you just immediately bond with people you know you have to get to know them that's that's wild it took it took time it worked out though because elizabeth was moved into a home with her six surviving children this is why it's so hard to know anything about them yeah is and i actually appreciate this for them but yes they're in what is known as village x in austria they're hidden away from the media for their own protection they are working to grow and overcome the abuse they suffered without prying eyes yeah all of the family sleeps with their doors open to help reduce their stress. Oh. Um, the home is under constant surveillance and patrolled by security guards to stop anyone from invading the family's right to privacy. In 2009, it was revealed that Elizabeth found love with her security guard, Thomas Wagner. He now lives with her and the children. She is working hard to get her life on track. She now spends her time helping her children with their homework, making friends with people in the community, going shopping, and she even got her driver's license. Oh, my God. The kids are doing everything they can to live normal lives, including Felix now has a PlayStation, and everything Elizabeth can provide, she does. Oh. Luckily, she has no financial worries after Austrian authorities provided her with 54,000 pounds in child allowance that she was denied during her time in the cellar. Wow. So she'll be able to give her children... The lives that they deserve. Yeah. Away from their scumbag father. Yeah. Um, 50,000 pounds, like, that's it? Or? I didn't, it didn't clarify. Okay. It just said 54,000 pounds in like allowance. Okay. So, so maybe like, like taxes. Or like. Yeah, maybe like a tax program they kind of yeah. have there that you're supposed to have. I mean. Any uh, any amount is helpful. I think she deserves the fucking world, but I'm so glad that like she is living a life with her children and that they're safe. Her psychiatrist came out to say that she is no longer required to do intensive therapy. She worked with social workers after escaping from her father to be the best mom she can be. Yeah. She worked her ass off to do everything she could to make sure her kids had good lives. Yeah, that's an incredible story. Oh, my God. Horrifying. Yeah. He admitted to a cellmate that he had envisioned raping his mother, but he never got to. So the next best thing was raping his daughter, who looked like his mother. Wow. He was... I can't imagine that level of... No. 
No. I don't even know a word for it. No. Like, it's not depraved. It's not. I mean, it. I mean, yes. It, it is, is, but it's, it's more than that. Yeah, yeah. It's more. He is more. He is a monster of all monsters. For 24 yeah. years, he locked up his daughter with the excuse that it was only one person he was harming instead of multiple. He does not believe that he was in the wrong at all. He believes he should have been released. But. Holy fuck that guy. I have to say that woman did all she could for her children. Yeah. I don't think he would have allowed Kirsten to go to a hospital if Elizabeth hadn't thought on her feet and say, I will kill myself. And he didn't want that. That takes away his control over her. Yeah. So he let Kirsten go. She's a, she's a really incredible mom. It's so fucking twisted. I'm again, I'm so glad that they got out and that they're living as a family again and like healing together because that's a journey. I appreciate that they're given their privacy they deserve to grow. Yeah. If they want to go public, they can. Yeah. They don't have to. Yeah. They can live forever with not having to share their story. It's so brave of your woman to come forward. Yeah. But it's also brave to be hidden and not disclose. Yeah. If not talking about it is what protects your peace, that's the right path for you. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was a roller coaster. And by a roller coaster, I mean it was a straight just drop the entire time that sucked. And you were like, when does it end? When does it end? When does it end? Yeah. So those cases were especially heinous. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Lisa. It's all your fault. (laughs) Yeah. Because I wasn't going to do Justice Case because I've known about it forever. Yeah. But I knew it would take me a little bit to get mentally there to do it yeah and i was like mine's pretty together and i was like fuck yeah it's like we can do our really rough episode all in one so that we only have to do one episode of trigger warning and maybe next week we won't have to and we'll have something you know do me and but not the worst thing you've ever fucking heard in your life maybe thanks for sticking with us yeah we appreciate it adios bro chachos just a quick disclaimer on this episode um samantha and i had a couple glasses of wine before recording so we think we're hilarious (laughs) we are please enjoy well i'm glad that you guys can probably hear me better now um yep so we recorded our cases i started editing and we realized that sarah's microphone was backwards and that is why i sound like i'm a million miles away yeah so no worries we've got it fixed it won't be like that in the future but um can we just like hashtag deal with it for today thanks because that case was too hard for me to do again. no no please we're not doing it again yeah um so apologies for the sound quality but um from listening it does feel like you can hear sarah just may have to turn it up a couple notches thank you this is after the fact. I don't know why I'm telling you what to do with the first half of this yeah. episode. We'll, we'll so smart here. We'll hashtag that. SMRT smart. The reason the hashtags are happening. Oh my God. <laughs> hashtag the circle. Samantha has got me into the show, the circle. I love the circle. I thought it was going to be dumb as fuck. And guess what? It is dumb as fuck. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the fun part. It's like, yeah, the show is like dumb it's it doesn't have a bunch of substance to it usually sometimes there's some heartfelt stuff but like most of the time it's not it's 
just a social media competition. It's just funny. Yeah. I just like think it's funny. And so I love it. My husband absolutely hates it. Yeah. He so hates does Jackson. It. Oh, yeah. Jackson was earlier. Was <laughs> like, please, goes- please don't turn on this vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick, while we're talking about Jackson, he was freaking hilarious the other day. He was so tired. Oh, he was. <laughs> Poor buddy. And he's still sick. And he's like, I just so, can't do this anymore. Yeah, he was crying. And we were just asking him to, like, do something basic. Like, go, like, grab pajamas or something. We're like, okay, we need to start getting ready for bed, right? And he just looks at us. I just can't do this anymore. <laughs> and it took everything in us. Not to laugh. Uh, that included me turning my back to you guys and dying laughing into the couch. Like, he also said, and I quote, Mom, this song says fuck. Can I say it? So it was the cutest word that I've ever heard a little kid say. Um, it says fuck. I don't know. He just sounded so innocent. And I wanted yeah. to say yes, because that's adorable. But I said, no, that's like a really, really bad grown up word. Yeah. Only grown ups can say that. And he's like, fine. Yeah. Like, are you sure, mom? Like, yeah, I'm pretty fucking sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but that would have been funny. <laughs> no, he was, it was cute. And then he said, damn, in a song the other day. I was like, oh, buddy, you can't say that either. And I let him say it's the freaking weekend. Yeah. Because it's. It's just saying freaking. I don't let him say it's fucking weekend. No. I don't, and I'm, but it's like, I'm like, you can say this at home. Yeah. You cannot say this at school. Correct. And he's like, why? And he gets it. He gets, like, well, you he tell asks, him not to. Well, yes, but he always asks why for everything. Well, yeah, but don't you like to know the why of things? Not as much as he does. I mean, Lies. I'm super nosy. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, I'll just wait this one out. No, I'm nosy as fuck. Then I'd explain it to him, like, because that other kids aren't allowed to say that word. Yeah. Mommy just lets you say that word at home. So you can only say it at home. Yeah. He's like, okay. Because really only say it on Fridays, like, because to say it's the the freaking weekend. weekend. Yeah. He doesn't say it for anything else. He's never like, are you freaking kidding me or something? Even though that would be adorable if he did. That would be. (laughs) But yeah, no, he does not use it that way. It's really just for like. I think he thinks they go together. Yes. Like, it's just. Like, freaking only exists to be paired with weekend. Yes. Freaking which, weekend. Um, but yes, I'm obsessed with the circle, which I can't believe I'm saying, but I am. Yeah. I don't remember how it came up that we started it, but we got through the first season in just a few days. Like, and then we went to the second season. Yeah. Then we jumped to the fifth season. Yeah, because I hadn't seen the fifth season, so Sarah's like, well, I don't care what order. I haven't seen any of them. So I was like, let's switch to five. So we just watched the fifth season, which we were like medium temperature until on, the end. Until the end, yeah, for sure. Like we didn't really like a lot of the characters. Yeah, they took a while to build their likability this season because there were people in the beginning. I was like, I cannot fucking stand you. Like I don't want to watch you for another ten episodes. Like I wanted to turn it off in like episode four. Yeah, I'm trying be to done think with it. who annoyed me the most. So initially, and like, let me get to the end of my sentence before we like come for me here. Initially, I did not like Sam. I know. By the end of the season, I was like cheering along with her and like totally agreeing with everything she was saying. I loved Sam. I think I would have a very different opinion like rewatching. I don't think I'd be annoyed in the beginning anymore. Yeah. Because I got to know her and just showed I was being a judgmental fuck in the beginning. But, like, 
I really like her. I know. My favorite part where she's like, I got to shave these legs. I got Bigfoot. Bigfoot vibes up in here. <laughs> I was like, I you're you. every woman out there. Yeah. Thank you. I just shaved my re- legs recently to go to a hotel. So to go swimming. Yeah. So they're, they're still good. Uh, yeah. That was uh, a week ago. Yeah. My legs will be fine for like another. You're a hairless wonder. I don't have much hair. No. I'm the opposite. I know. We yes. were talking about putting on band-aids because... Oh, my God. Yeah. She okay. bought band-aids and I was like, yeah, don't show them to Jackson because he'll want to put them on everything. I was like, don't you remember when you were a kid wanting to put band-aids on? And I was like, mm, no. She's like, oh, I loved putting band-aids on, <laughs> like, you I, know, just for nothing, just to put them on. And I was like, well, no, they pull your hair. Like, a band-aid for me, like, I didn't want to need a band-aid because it was going to pull my hair when it came off. I had no hair. I have very little hair on my arms. There's like, yeah. when I got my sleeve, they didn't shave my arms because there's no hair. There's no hair. I just don't have hair. That's wild. Oh my gosh, girl. You need lotion. Yes. Thank Snape's you. robes just changed color. <laughs> From black to white. Yeah. Yes. I'm real dry right now. Yes, you are. Um, I have Jergens in the bathroom. It's <laughs> really bothering Wait, you. Wait, I have rose oil right here. Use this. <laughs> My God, look, Snape is going to shine again. It'll be like he's alive. Oh, rest in peace, Alan Rickman. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. It's really not that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. She mm-hmmed me, I don't guys. believe you. Do the other side of your arm, too. Look you at the color of his face. Yeah, Alan Rickman. <laughs> Has never looked better. He's never looked oranger. Well, he has some, he has. Yeah, I know. That's what happened. But the rose oil, it's from like yellow roses. Okay. Not all rose oil is this color. Like it's just that jar is that color. I don't know. That's what I was told by someone else. So that's (laughs) bullshit. Sorry. What color is your guys' rose oil? Was your friend making you put it on you? Because she was upset with how pasty you or dry you wear yeah lisa if you lied to me (laughs) (laughs) she wouldn't have um (laughs) there do you feel better now i feel so much better now that you're properly moisturized does your arm feel better arm yeah does that arm feel better yes yes it does feel the comparison oh my god (laughs) i don't want to have that reaction oh my god (laughs) Your other arm is so dry. You my arms. Oh, I wish my arms always felt like that. They don't. No, that's just hair. They're not smooth. <laughs> that's the hair. That's upsetting. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> you don't want to touch my furry arm anymore? <laughs> no, no, fix no, yourself. rub it. Wax. No! <laughs> It'll grow back darker. I know that's not true, but I believe it. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you like about the circle, Sarah? I just like all the fake bullshit. It's interesting. Yeah. Like the I mean, shit people make up for almost no reason. Yeah. They lie about dumb shit. Like I'm going to say I'm a personal trainer when really I'm a mechanical engineer. Why? Why? That's a stupid thing to lie about. But also it's interesting. I'm going to watch it. Also, some of those guys who don't wear shirts, I watch that all day. I have no problem with that. The winner of the first season. Oh, Yes. Yeah, Joey was hot for sure. Uh, the winner of the second season, Delisa. Delisa, yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, she was beautiful. Holy shit, gorgeous. She wore that like prom dress at the end. 
Yeah, her boobs weren't. Her boobs were not fitting into no. that movie. No. <laughs> no. Oh my god, but Chloe. I love Chloe. She's gorgeous too, yeah. Yeah. Okay, stop rubbing yourself. Okay. You're still rubbing yourself. I know I was. <laughs> Can I do my hands real quick? There's no Yeah, dry. just do mine too. <laughs> you know if we drank more water, it wouldn't be Yes. Bad. Yes, I do. I know. Dude, I put it on my face and I'm just like, yes. Oh, look, you can see my baby hairs on this arm. Yeah. Very little. Yeah. I don't have much body hair. No. Literally, I shit my legs over a week ago. Also, my legs were any whiter. I would glow. Yes, legit. You're so pale. I know. You're so fair-skinned. Yes, I know. probably the nicest way to say it. No, I'm okay being pale. I'm scared of skin cancer. Uh, That's fair. My grandma had it on her face. Yeah. They cut that shit off. No, thank you. Yeah, my grandpa had it on his nose. My dad had it on his back. Like, maybe um, you shouldn't lay out in the sun or have that on your list of things. Oh, wait, you do need more vitamin D. Yeah. I was like, no, that's literally, and that's like a once, uh, maybe two or three times a week, I think I have it listed on there. Like, go lie in the sun. But yeah, I literally am vitamin D deficient. Do blood work, people. I need to. I've also felt like... Because that helps a lot with your, like, happiness and attitude and everything. And I definitely have felt, like, a marked difference. Like, I feel more upbeat every day. That's good. Yeah. So, yes, I love the circle. Super entertaining. People are extremely shallow. Yeah, we just started season three. Super shallow people, and I'm still loving it. Yeah. I think that says a lot about me as an individual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Some of the people who, like... They have this wild strategy for the game, and they come in, and they, like, keep everything straight about all these people. I know they're writing things down in, like, journals. I would forget to look at those, and three (laughs) days in, just start making dumb decisions. Like, I think this sounds like a fun, cool show to be a part of. Like, it sounds like something I would be excited to go do. And then I think about the strategy and things people remember, and I'm like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would embarrass myself on this show. It all sounds terrible to me. Yeah. Hey, nerds. It's Samantha. So I'm editing right now, and I realized that Sarah and I got off topic. Um, I just had to cut about 10 minutes worth of conversation that no one would have been interested in. And uh, with that in mind... I now present to you our next topic, socks. You have more socks than anybody I've ever seen in my entire goddamn life. And then you still say, I need more socks. I love Bish, socks. Bitch, you don't need more socks when you just bought all the socks. I, uh, so, okay, my toxic trait is that I love new socks. I love fluffy socks. Like, big Fluffy, gross-ass socks. New socks. They feel so much better than, like, old socks. Old Mm. socks suck. I wear no socks. I know. (laughs) I don't understand. Like, I hate my feet confined. It makes my whole body feel claustrophobic. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, no, that's okay. I feel trapped when my feet are trapped. Yeah, and my feet, if I could have it my way, would never leave socks. Ever. Ever. I don't I know what you're going to ask, but ever. 
No, no, I just don't ever feel that way. Yeah, no, I just need that. That makes, that gives me anxiety to think about. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just hate socks and you just love them all the time. Yeah. You sleep with them on. Yes. You wear them all all the time. All the time. I often kick them off at night. So like when I undress my bed to change the sheets. There's socks at the bottom? Probably at least seven. (laughs) (laughs) At least seven. Every time I go to do the bed, I'm just like, oh, there's a ton of pairs of socks in here. That's because your body's like, bish, you don't need socks on. Stop punishing me. (laughs) But but until I'm comfortable, I need them. Because if I'm cold and go, like, if I go to bed without socks and I'm cold, I'm not falling asleep forever. Like, hate it. Hate it. I need them warm for me to go to sleep. Because by the time I kick them off, underneath the covers is warm from my body heat. I need to be warm at all times. I don't have that problem. Anyways, it's wild. Like a lot of people like to sleep where it's cold. Like, no, I, I need it to be a little bit warm. I need it to be warmer than most people. No wonder you sweat in your sleep. (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, it's not always nights when it's hot that I sweat in my sleep. I haven't been waking up sweating in my sleep for a while now. Oh, maybe it's the vitamin D. But I did have a problem with that for a long time. I know. I wonder, maybe it was your lack of vitamins. Could be. Fuck, I don't know what vitamins do. Probably a lot. Well, now that we're taking those multivitamins with Jack. I know. We take Flintstone vitamins. Oh, my God. He, well, so he'd never had a chewable. He had gummies. Yeah, gummies, but never like the, you know, Flintstone the style. The ones. Yeah, the chalk <laughs> ones, which I rather enjoy, actually. So we got him them because he bruises really easy. So I think he's low in iron. Like, that kid has more bruises on his legs, to which we... <laughs> Dude, we asked his doctor yeah. if it was normal. Yeah. Because there's so many. You were so worried, which I get it. I mean, it's his entire leg. Yeah. But then we you spent a couple walk. days being realistic about how much that kid jumps around, does break dancing, falls. Parkour. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say, runs <laughs> into the wall, falls out of bed, like. Falls down at school, comes home with rips in his pants, and we're like, oh, wait, this makes sense. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Tonight, he, like, almost climbed on the couch and had, like, just a little bit of blood on his knee. And I was like, hey, wait, like, there's blood on your knee. And then he looked at it and looked at me like, oh, no, the world is ending. And I was like, sir. Jackson has sir. one of the weakest stomachs in the world. Yeah. Like, it's been, like, it's so sensitive. <laughs> It really is. Like, um, if he smells something that kind of grosses him out, he'll gag. Yeah. If like, over- legit gag. Like, yeah. Not, like, he's not making it up. No, he's like, he's actually puke. gagging. Like, I thought he was just being dramatic when you first were telling me about no. it. I was like, oh, he's just being a drama king. Great. <laughs> no. No. He's going to puke. He's actually, yes. He will puke. Yes. I, if he, he did it. eats too much, like, yep. if he says he's done... He's you have done. to let that kid be done. Because if you tell him no, like four more bites, no, four more bites, three more bites, two more bites, but he's really done, he'll take those bites because he's trying to make you happy, and then he will puke. Because he's too full. Because his stomach is so sensitive, and like, I think blood makes him kind of queasy, because he yeah. really has a weird reaction to it. Like, he doesn't gag, but he acts weird, like, I don't know. Like, kind of paralyzed. Yeah, like, he like, doesn't know what to he do. He freezes, and like... It's like a panic mode. Yeah, he gets woozy. Like, it almost seems like he's, yeah, he's full panic. Yeah. He's just a crazy kid. Yeah. He blows my mind. I mean, he's four. (laughs) Yeah. He's, I'm really hoping that the the gagging thing goes away because he will puke. Yeah. It's not just like a, no, it's like a, I'm a gag until I puke. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's, 
He doesn't he like did that s- when I burped at him one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember he gagged and I was like, oh, that kid's actually gagging. Yeah, he will puke. It's insane. Like, I can't, you can't gross him out or he will puke. And it's no. Like, like, little kids, you know, you can say stuff that's, like, gross or do something. Like, my like- dad called bacon monkey heads and Jackson was all for it. Like, yeah. So when my dad was visiting, we were cooking breakfast, <laughs> making bacon, okay? And Jackson goes, ooh, what's that? Because here's Jackson's thing. If he wants to eat anything, and you have it, but he doesn't, hey, what's that? <laughs> and then you tell him what it is. He goes, I like that. <laughs> and it's usually, I like that. He doesn't say the word of whatever it is. He just points and goes, I like that. Even if he has no fucking clue. He's never had this thing Or ever. if he's had it a billion times, he'll still ask you, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> like Sometimes be... he doesn't like it. No. Oh, my yes. God. When he ate the lime? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That made me laugh so hard. Okay, so I had tacos. And so he comes up to me and goes, hey, what's that? So I said, my tacos, because I know this game. <laughs> And he does love tacos. Yeah, and he does love tacos because I love those. And I go, great. (laughs) And I was like, I have these limes here. (laughs) And I didn't think he was going to pick it up. But he picked one up and goes, or no, he didn't pick it up. But he just goes, do you like limes? And I said, yeah, I really like limes. He goes, okay. And just grabbed a lime so quickly and shoved it in his mouth. (laughs) And then his face... (laughs) And then he didn't want to tell her it was gross because she said she liked them. Yeah, it was a slice of lime. I, I phrased it as lime, but it was just a slice. So he grabbed it in his mouth like smile style. <laughs> <laughs> and then he didn't want to hurt her feelings. He didn't. He tried to pretend he liked it with a sour face. And we're <laughs> he like, looked, oh my God, buddy. Spit it out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was, was like, so cute. Did you like it? You want another one? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he nods. He's like, yeah, I liked it. And then he's like, no, honey, it's okay. You don't have to like things just because other people do. Yeah. And then, I don't know if we were working on, like, he said it was spicy or something. I was like, no, it's not spicy. It's sour. <laughs> but, you know, things are hard. You're four. You're doing great. Everything is spicy if you don't like it right Exactly. Now. You're doing great. Mommy's toothpaste is real spicy. I can get it. I get it. <laughs> yes, he used my toothpaste because his was we were out of his, and he was just horrified that I would put that in my mouth. Yeah, like what is this? He's like, this is spicy. Yeah, <laughs> why would you do this to yourself? <laughs> he was so upset. Oh my gosh, he's, he's the best. He's funny. He makes me laugh daily. Yeah, daily. Yeah, he's I'm, really awesome. My dogs make me laugh daily too. Oh my god, they're Hades. so funny. Their personalities are bananas. We have shout outs that are owed. So we want to shout out again to Kyla for continually being a Patreon supporter. And we have a new supporter. Yay! Thank you to my brother, Michael, for supporting our Patreon. We super appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. It's free of poopy. It's. <laughs> Oh my god. No poopy included. Oh my god. I'm sorry those <laughs> noises are inhuman. <laughs> I'm not even explaining it. Now a message from our biggest supporter and our smallest fan. My little man. Take it away, Jack. Thank you for using it. Tisha and Samantha. Oh. 
like and subscribe. Please leave a five-star review. Thank you. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Doom Crew Podcast. We now have a Patreon. You can find us as The Doom Crew Podcast. We have three different levels. All right. For $1 per month, you can participate on the manslaughter level. And at that level, you get to participate in polls that help determine future content. We also have level two, which is $3 per month. And that's our second degree murder level. So you're going to get to participate in those polls still, but you can also ask us personal questions that we answer on air, and we will read your name out loud on our podcast. Level three is $5 a month. That is our first degree murder level. On top of all of the incredible benefits I already told you, you'll get to join us for a monthly Zoom call. We appreciate all of your support on all of our platforms. Thank you so, so much for listening.